You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. But good vibes, KOP. Lifetime Achievement. Want you to vote for him. We're going to do a tribute to him tonight. But but we also have uh, something important, part of the mission, what we do here. For workers, Verano Cannabis Establishment is refusing the voluntary recognition of UFCW 1445. And this is on our ongoing coverage that we're going to be doing of uh, multi-state operators, including Cureleaf. See, I'm fair, too, because Grant Smith broke a big story today, which I'd rather talk about that. But it's unfortunate. I can't even trust his reporting. I have to like confirm everything because I can't. He gets so crazy on stuff that when he actually does something good, we have to double check it. So very interesting about Cure Leaf today. We'll probably talk about that too. Uh, Something positive Grant did today. (laughs) But we're covering all the MSOs. Verano Cannabis Establishment is refusing the voluntary recognition of UFCW Local 1445, that was the press release that came out this week. We have a UFCW representative with us tonight. We also, oh, perfect. I just re- realized what was on my headphones. All right, cool. <laughs> you know what it is? My girlfriend and I switch over, and I forgot to switch it back, but now I'm good. Uh, but we, we definitely have a UFCW 1445 representative here tonight that we're going to speak to, Maddie. Uh, She's waiting patiently. We're going to bring her up right now. Uh, We may have maybe an ex-employee from Verano calling in. We'll see if that happens. Uh, We also have statements that I'm going to read from employees at Verano Cannabis. This is an establishment in Sharon, Massachusetts. Verano uh, owns some many brands. One of them that people know is the Zenleaf Dispensary brand. Also, uh, MUV or Move. I don't know what they call it, but it's MUV. Uh, They have a lot of different products, but this is a Sharon, Massachusetts cultivation site. Uh, We've been hearing things not good there, not safe. This is another candidate that the uh, OSHA should be looking into. Hopefully, we'll get more information about that, but I'm hearing mold. So let's bring up Maddie up and see what she's got to say about this situation. Uh, We also know that people are being fired, and this is industry-wide. The price of cannabis has dropped. A lot of these MSOs are treating people poorly and they're threatening to fire them. And in often cases, they are firing them. And sometimes it's unjust and uh, false. And we're going to read some statements about that tonight as well. And this is happening nationwide. Uh, you're seeing different dispensary chains like True Leaf being sued by employees for just that. True Leaf and Cure Leaf have a number of employee lawsuits against them. This is what we're dealing with in this industry. So we're going to bring up Maddie and talk about the real stuff tonight and not the tinfoil accusations that us backed by no basis of fact. Maddie, what's going on? Hello. Hello. Um, So we received a call from someone on on the inside over at Verano. Um, We had been kind of like looking around over there around like September. No one seemed to be interested. So, you know, we decided to... um, you know, kind of just leave them alone. Like, you know, if and when they come to the conclusion that they would like to organize a union, um, you know, totally leaving the door open for them, putting it in their court. And um, 
like right before Christmas, I received a, a phone call from someone saying, Hey, like it's getting really bad in here. Um, I would, I would like to get this started. So, um, you know, with, within a month, we, we were able to, to speak to pretty much everyone there and they were on, um, they were like the majority were on board. We had asked for what we call a card check and they refused, the company refused. So then we had to file, um, with the state, with the department of labor relations and with the, um, federal, um, national labor relations board. So, they're not playing fair and they're not playing nice. And we have contracts with them across the country. And for whatever reason, they've decided that Massachusetts is not the one. And I understand there's been some people fired recently. I have, I have some statements. Yeah. I mean, are you aware of that? Have they been firing people and, and kind of using that fear of getting fired to try to break this union push right now? Yeah, absolutely. They 100% have been. Um, I am firmly in the belief that they would have um, been firing these people for being outspoken, even if we even if we weren't there. Um, you know, there's been some internal things that have been happening. This is this is not like a new thing for them where people hear rumors about themselves being fired like a week before they actually are. Um, you know, they, they just clearly have, have favorites. And if you're not a favorite, then you are at like a real risk of being fired. If you even so much as like not say bless you when someone sneezes. Mm. I'm going to read a statement from uh, a Verano employee. Uh, this is a, a quote, anonymous quote from a recently fired employee at Verano Brands. They say the biggest frustration about being fired was the way it was handled because I was very blindsided and just kind of the simple fact that my paperwork said that I didn't change my behavior after a final written warning. But in the entire year and a half that I worked there, I didn't receive one warning. I was wrongfully terminated. My actual statements to, to HR were ignored and new ones, new ones were made up. So again, this is like uh, horrible. How do you treat someone mm -hmm. like that? They, they weren't written up ever. And then you fire them with paperwork saying that, they were written up mm -hmm. like this is what we hear all the time in this industry. It's, it's just awful. Like I don't get it. I mean, is this something that you're hearing quite a bit at, at Verano it's something Brands? I experienced on my own um, back in 2019 uh, when UFCW originally started uh, organizing Sierra naturals, I worked there. Um, I was part of the organizing effort from the inside and Thankfully, they had something called a labor peace agreement, so it wasn't nearly as bloody of a battle, but, um, you know, some people there went rogue. Some managers went rogue there, and they didn't play nice. They, um, you know, tried to silence the talk. They tried to um, make it very difficult to have conversations, uh, even on, on, like, breaks like they they said that we can only talk about it outside or in the break room can't be in the halls can't be in the locker room can't be in the wherever so you know it's there's a real big effort to not organize and before working in cannabis I had never worked under a union before and seeing the difference made me a real believer that cannabis needs it because it's it's the wild west out here like they they do not care it's it's on par with Amazon or Walmart with how much they just do not care about the people that work there. Um, you know, we saw it with uh, the death of Lorna McMurray. 
where they tried to cover it up. They tried to blame her. They um, continuously ignore the fact that they allowed someone to get to a point where they died working in an industry that you should be able to make a career out of and, and die from. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about what, cause you've, you know, you've been talking to the employees of Verano brands mm -hmm. and uh, most of them have signed up to the union. What are their reasons? Why do they tell you that they're inter interested in unionizing with UFCW 1445? Safety is a really big one. The ladders are not tall enough. So people who are, you know, of, of average height or even a little bit taller, they are having to stand on the top of a ladder to reach the plants. Um, up until recently, they were not given um, proper PPE. They were not given those particle masks that are so, so, so important for working with um, live plants, especially in, uh, you know, post-harvest where they're doing trimming and making joints and things like that. Um, there's an issue with with pay. There's an issue with favoritism, uh, feeling like they're not being heard, like they're being ignored. Um, you know, people are are being just everything that we've been that we've been talking about since the the dawn of time when it comes to cannabis coming into legal fruition in Massachusetts and across the country. Just not caring, just seeing I people as bodies instead of as people. And do you, do you, have you heard about them talking about Lorna? I'm wondering if that's also something that's on the, you brought Lorna up. Mm -hmm. Is that something that they're worried about? They're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, I am 27. I am as old as Lorna will be forever. And that is something that I think about a lot. Oh. When I was working at, Sierra, when I was working in cannabis, that was the joke that we all made was, you know, in five, 10 years, there's going to be a, a documentary, an expose about this. And, you know, we're going to see those. If you or a loved one worked in cannabis, you may be entitled to financial compensation. And we joked about it, but that was a real fear. And that is a real fear. Um, you know, when I, when I brought up Lorna saying like, you know, are you, are you afraid of that happening to you? Multiple people came to me and said, I now use an inhaler and I never used an inhaler before. I feel awful. My skin looks terrible. I am sick all the time. I can't, I can't eat. I, you know, can only drink water and like very basic things like their health is deteriorating because they were not provided with proper PPE. And that's that's a really serious problem across cannabis. Now, we started a petition September 1st. I know you were helping mm -hmm. us. You signed it, yep. promoted it. I did. We've got a number of signatures on it now. Uh, this week or last week, yeah, I, I don't even forget. It's a few days ago, not very long ago. Cannabis Control Commission had that hearing mm -hmm. and they basically you know, laid it down for an hour for the first time, just, you know, discussing safety and, you know, basically a lot of what we were asking for in the petition. What do you think about that? Do you think that they'll do anything from here? Do you think it just talk or do you think they're actually going to take action? Are you happy about the progress there? I have very mixed feelings about it. 
Um, it was never a secret that cannabis was unsafe. It was never a secret that they were taking shortcuts. It was never a secret that people were getting sick and they were developing things like asthma and needing inhalers and needing um, nebulizers and, and things like that. It is not a secret. It has not been a secret. People have been talking about it for how long has cannabis been legal in Massachusetts now? They've been talking about it pretty much the entire well, we, time. We did our first story in 2018. So that's what, five years now? Yeah. Yeah. So at least five years, if not longer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been a topic of conversation for half a decade, maybe more, probably more, most likely more. And it took the death of someone who had their entire life in front of them for this conversation to happen, which is deplorable, honestly. So I'm glad the conversation is happening. I'm really upset and really honestly, personally offended and insulted, uh, which is very difficult to do, um, that they would wait until it took someone to die to have this conversation. I'm glad it's happening. And I hope that it doesn't end at a conversation. I hope it ends in action. Exactly. And That's the key. Cause like nothing was done at that meeting, no. but they're talking about some of the things I, I I'm excited about it, but I agree 100%. I mean, part of me and it's, you know, most of those individuals on that board, the five of them are, are mostly new. Like even, I think the longest one has probably been there a year. So like, you know, it's weird on the commissioners because I feel like, you know, they're the first crew of commissioners that actually have brought it up. Like, but like you said, someone had died. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> but to me, it's the executives who have been there for five years. You know, they're not appointed. They're the ones who are running the one. And I could feel that they're kind of on the hot seat. And I feel like they should be thankful of the commissioners. Like, because that executive, he needed to speak. Like he hasn't, he, his whole problem is he's been turtling in my opinion, you know, like they mm -hmm. need to be upfront and open. And so, you know, this is interesting. I, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I I'll also want to ask about OSHA because OSHA again, five years ago when Ann Hassel filed the first uh, complaint uh, that we knew of that we covered in 2008 uh, against New England treatment access, we called the OSHA and talked to them. And their first response was like, yo, cannabis is illegal. We can't help. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're legal workers. Give me a break. And they actually had to do something. They, you know, they required Netta to respond in writing and, you know, really BS. Nothing happened. Um, but at least it was in writing. And then later Netta really looked foolish when they were changing their story all over the place. So there was a lot of good stuff that came about, even though nothing happened with that OSHA report. But now we go forward here uh, this year where OSHA actually did fine True Leaf. It was originally 40 some odd dollars. Uh, OSHA, uh, True Leaf contested it, cut it into half, made a compromise. It's like 20 some thousand dollars. Plus they have to fund a study of the risks. And, you know, basically the, the True Leaf runs it themselves. Um, a lot of the family members were disgusted, you know, by the low amount and that, you know, 20, it, her life was worth $22,000. I think it was, I mean, how do you feel about how OSHA's handling it? And, uh, how do you feel about the cannabis control commission who had an investigation going of true leaf that started before Lorna died. So it's been mm -hmm. over a year 
OSHA actually has come to a conclusion with True Leaf and find them, at least they've done something. And Cannabis Control Commission still has a wide open investigation. We don't know anything about it. We don't know what it's about, when it's going to end. What do you think about all of that with OSHA and the CCC uh, and the investigation of True Leaf? Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, it's it's the government, like, and not to like put on like a tinfoil type deal of like ah the government, but we all know that they they're going to drag their feet, and um, you know, I'd say it's pretty clear cut, especially because it's all on camera. It's pretty clear cut what happened. Um, I'm really disgusted that if I had been in Lorna's situation, if I had died like Lorna did, they would have told my family, they would have told my father, they would have told my mother and my sister that it was worth only $22,000. And to them, I am priceless. And there is no amount of money to make it right but there is absolutely a wrong amount of money to try to make it right. And 22,000, that's not anywhere near close to right. 40,000 isn't anywhere near close to right. It's, it's all wrong. The fact that the investigation is still open and we haven't heard really any updates is concerning. It, it makes me feel almost like maybe there's an attempt to cover it up, which again, I'm not trying to put on like a tinfoil hat, but you know, that's not unheard of. And when it comes to OSHA, I'm really glad that they now have deemed uh, cannabis a uh, hazardous industry. So now they can finally step foot in these facilities because they are incredibly dangerous and the ventilation in most of them is not great. Um, Definitely in those grow rooms, it's incredibly unsafe. It's very warm, which the plants need, but you know, you need you need those respirators, you need those particle masks. And some places are being really open with them and they're letting people take as many as they want. And other places are allowing you to have one set of um respirator filters like a month, which is way too long to go between changing it. So we have a long way to go. We have a very, very long way to go. I'm glad that there's some action being taken, but this should have happened a lot sooner, like much, much, much sooner and way before anything happened to Lorna McMurray. Thank you. We're speaking to uh, Maddie Woodhams with UFCW 1445. You're a labor organizer. Is that correct? The correct title or if not? Yeah, union organizer. Union organizer. Thank you. And it's an international labor union, right? Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Sometimes I screw up on these things and I like to be <laughs> correct. Okay. I like to get everything right. You know, even when I'm wrong, let's fix it. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. I know that's correct. I know that's right. A <laughs> um, few, few more things, because I, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, even about this situation with Verano Brands, they're refusing the voluntary recognition of UFCW 1445 to represent the workers, uh, despite the workers' wishes. So that means there's going to be an election, correct? Is that is that what's going to happen next? Yes, for part of the facility. Um, unfortunately, uh, cultivation side is considered agriculture, so they have to go through an entirely different procedure. Um, 
so the production side, so post-harvest, um, extractions lab, QA, packaging, um, kitchen, all of them, they are considered production and they're going to have to go to an election unless uh, Verano changes their mind and says, nope, never mind. We we want to voluntarily do this. We, we don't want to prolong this inevitable process any longer. And when does when would this kind of uh, election would you expect? Is it like thirty days, two months? Does it happen quickly? It's very fluid. Um, unfortunately, uh, under the Trump administration, the NLRB was seriously cut back, and so they are very much inundated and overwhelmed. Um, I do have a lot of empathy for that because I also can attest to the fact that we are very. Uh, overwhelmed and inundated with a lot of information. Um, so it can be pretty slow going, but it can be anywhere between 30 to 45 days after a petition is filed, but could be sooner if if the company agrees, could be a lot longer if um, there are any, some, like any kind of delays with NLRB. So it's, it can be pretty fluid. Thank you. Uh, Ed, how can people help? Like how can the general public help you get recognized or help with this issue of Verona brands or even, you know, the greater movement for workers in cannabis, do you think? Um, I would say, first of all, um, supporting, you know, this, this podcast, because you have been a friend of UFCW for as long as you have been, um, sharing the news articles, um, you know, commenting on their Instagram and on their, and on their Facebook and, you know, just making an uproar, a public outcry, just letting them know that what they're doing is wrong. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't have voluntarily recognized us. There's absolutely no reason why they should have told us no and, and said they're going to go through with the traditional process. There's no need for it. There's absolutely no need for it. The only thing that that tells me is that it is a union busting tactic and they are planning on doing whatever they can to make sure that we aren't in there. And that just, that tells me that there's something in there that they're hiding that they don't want getting out. We shall see. We're going to start looking to, uh, I would also suggest to our legion of MSO uh, fighters, the people that, you know, aren't fans of these big corporations, these big moly corporations, start looking into Verano brands for us. That because you know they send me the videos and the and the uh complaints uh from Reddit and all those other places. Add, you know, I know a lot of people are, are doing it for the big two, Cura Leaf, as well as uh True Leaf. I get you sending me all, all the information and tips, but we we got to expand it to definitely Verano brands and a lot of other big companies too. So I would suggest that as well. Um I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and, and doing the work that you do, Maddie, for workers in Massachusetts. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight on a Friday night. Is there any last words or anything that you want to promote or bring up or even discuss tonight? That's even, you know, that I haven't asked about. Um, no, the only thing I really want to say is thank you for bringing Lorna McMurray to light. And thank you for making sure that no one forgets her name, because I know that I will never forget her name. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, the ongoing message here. Just like yeah. I, we're talking about my other friend, Michael Malter. Um, 
try to keep his name alive as long as possible. And that's exactly what we're doing for Lorna too. And it's funny when you mentioned that, you know, thing about Lorna 27, you're 27. Yeah. Um, Michael Malto, when he passed away, he had a heart attack. He was around the same age that I am right now. Like, you know, he was like my big brother. He was like 10 years ahead of me. And it's like, I just think about that all the time now. It's like, man, I'm the same exact, you know, I may have just passed the date. No, actually, I'm not. I'll be exactly this year will be the year that I'll be, I believe, the same age that he was when he passed. So it's like, you know, in, in a few months, it will be in April. So, you know, that would be for me. But uh, it's just so shocking, you know, that it is. It, it, when someone you lose that's so full of life and she was only 27 and, and you could tell that she was coming like I've been, you know, looking into her and following her, you know, her Facebook and her friends and family. And I feel like I know her now. It's weird to have never met her, but, and, and especially when I like, after you mentioned it, I'm so glad you mentioned that Maddie, that truly attacked her. They blamed the death on her. And then the family and friends said, Mike, take a look at these Facebook posts that I, I hadn't seen because Lorna wasn't my friend on Facebook. I didn't know her when she was alive. And these are friends only posts on Facebook and they exposed and there were dates. It was time stamped, and, and there were posts like the day of the next day, like right after when she collapsed those two times, like she spoke up and she stood up and she called out their bullshit. And it was so chilling to see this young lady who, from the grave it was like from the grave her words were striking back against their lies and i always say like I, I i keep this in my heart too when people lie about me that in the end truth comes truth will prevail like in the end it, i i don't know it just feels like that in this universe truth prevails in the end sometimes it takes a hundred years but something like, like, I really feel like, and that was a perfect example of it. Like, they threw back the shit. They had no idea that her words were sitting there, and I was going to ex expose them again to the world. And, uh, and I think they even feel like they got away with it because those videos, some of our shows, didn't get the type of press that the original ones did. But I, I still think, again, this isn't over. Whether it takes a, you know, a year, two years, there's going to be a lot more to come on this. And oh, absolutely. I want to thank you so much, uh, Maddie, for bringing it up tonight and just allowing me to, you know, kind of discuss it with you too, because I'm, I'm, I, it really feels comfortable talking to you. I would love to have you back on the show to talk like all of this stuff, like just different topics, even in cannabis, because I feel like you, uh, you really get what's going on. I, would you, is that okay? Would the union allow that? I know sometimes there's a, we got to get permission and things, but you, mm -hmm. you think that would be allowable? Um, yeah, I can, I can check in on that, but I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be able to uh, speak on my own experiences, uh, especially with having worked in the industry for as long as I did. I was, I was there for just under three years. So um, I was one of the veteran people there because there's just a revolving door. So, you know, I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of knowledge and yeah, I, I saw I saw a lot of the uh, BS that that cannabis workers have to put up with. Thank you so much too, because I know that you were actually instrumental in in getting this show hooked up with the UFCW behind the scenes. So I, I love yep. you. I, I can't wait to have you more on the show and uh, to do more of this. Thank you so much for spending time with us on Friday night.
Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for listening to Verano's story and and advocating for those workers because they're they're in for a hell of a fight right now. And you keep us updated on that. Like we want to be, you know, dropping any info you get, you know, any okay. updates, have you up on it. Uh, we're we're, we're going to be digging into Verano brands now. Okay. I mean, I noticed one thing. This is, they got Mike Tyson. Like that's one of their people, their celebrities. Is that, that's kind of weird too, isn't it? Um, I don't typically pay attention to celebrity endorsements if I'm being uh, perfectly honest. Yeah, but... me neither. But when I saw that one, I was like, are you kidding me? You're the brand that took Mike Tyson. I mean, they're all getting into it. Diddy, uh, Wiz Khalifa, uh, Mike Mike Tyson. It's it's people who you don't really hear their name very much anymore. So I guess this is a way for them to keep their name alive is, is through shitty cannabis. Yeah, Wiz Khalifa got mad this week, I think, because of uh, some of the pushback he was getting from the community signing when he signed up with True Leaf. And I don't think he likes it. It's like, dude, pick a better company then. There are so many other ones. There's so many like minority owned social equity, like, you know, small town growers, like anybody, literally anybody, but these MSOs. I just, they, they don't pay as good. That's probably, I think it's just about the bottom line for these guys, even the slubs. Yeah. Ruining their reputation. It's, it's, it's not a smart move in my opinion. No, yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't, uh, I don't really understand why anybody would sign on to a company if they have not done their own research. They it's where we're living in the digital age where you can look up pretty much anything with a computer that's in your pocket. You know, like it's all at your fingertips. All you have to do is just type in the name and everything comes up. Thank you so much. It's Maddie Woodham. She's a UFCW 1445 organizer. Uh, thank you so much for what you do, supporting workers, and uh, thank you for coming on the show today. This is your first time on the show tonight, too, right? Yes, yes, it is. Long time oh, yeah. listener, first time, first time guest. That's what we like. You were like one of the you. You're perfect. You did a perfect what I call an A plus first appearance. Like you hit it out of the park. I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I look forward to spreading the good word even further. We'll we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Maddie. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you.